Welcome to episode 332 of TechSync, hosted by myself and the fantastic Jason Roberts. We are both sitting here in our own house, talking to each other virtually, and um, today we're trying a new recording technique. Let's see if it works. Well, you said our own houses if we live together, so it's like our own houses. Because you live on a mountain somewhere, an undisclosed vo- location that's actually blacked out on a Google map. Yes, I, I am. We're not, ho- sec- we're not housemates, is, in other I'm, words. I'm in a secret location. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you're wearing your Soylent t-shirt. Do you still drink that stuff? No, I don't. I don't. You say that every time you see me in this t-shirt. Well, it's good stuff. Well, you you bequeathed your uh, your stash to me. You had like ten of them, and you gave me, and that lasted me for like three years or something. Yeah, but like, did you ever buy any more? No, I only think I drank one or two, and then Sandy threw the rest out. So it can't be that good stuff. I you know I just it wasn't a habit. I I didn't. I think I drank it. I only I have no recollection of drinking other than that time <laughs> that we tested. I it feel online. like we. I feel like I did one other time, and I and I liked it. Okay. But Sandy doesn't like things that she views as sort of artificial in terms of food and stuff. So, like, she she's always on me about drinking, you know, diet soda. She hates oh, that. Oh, okay. She, yeah. She thinks. Well, it, it definitely is artificial. That's for sure. That's true. She thinks I'm going to get cancer or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's generally a very rational person, but I think she's a little, a little. Uh, I think she's got some uh, pretty extreme ideas about you know diet soda. Anyway, she didn't. She didn't like the concept of Soylent, so she. I think she. When we moved, she's just like, All right, Chuck we're it. not. We're not bringing this with us. There's no way we're bringing this. <laughs> Even though we moved a mile down the street, we're not bringing the Soylent. So here we are, still sitting at home, still in the middle of the pandemic, and it's going to last. For me, it's going to last for a long time because um, a study came out in Europe that said that people with blood type A. Um, are 45 percent at at high you know 45 percent higher risk in various different ways like more likely to catch it you're easier to catch it you're more likely to get more serious so i've got blood type a and i'm diabetic so that gives me another 10 percent so you're dead you're dead man walking pretty (laughs) much (laughs) you know and all of our family are blood type a as well so what about a plus because i'm a plus i'm a are you a plus yeah i'm a plus Yeah, that's really weird. So I'll, I'm on it. You know, we can make, we can get the um, two for one casket deal. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait! I we're thought you were getting there. like I mean, look, if one of us dies, the other one can carry on the podcast, can carry on the torch, right? But, but I if we both were... go down, there's nothing. We're, you'd have to nominate a couple of our listeners to carry on the show. That'd right? be that'd be awesome. It could be I a mean... rotating cast of like five to ten of our hardcore listeners, or just the, the casket. Just the casket and silence. No, I don't. Think dead so. air, Vincent. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you would definitely. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone accused me of being dead air. I've been accused of a lot of things, but dead air is not one of them. That's for sure. Um, but wait, wait, wait! I thought you were going to be cryogenically frozen. Well, right. We'll see. I'm going to have a cryogenic, like, upgrade to my casket. Okay. <laughs> So I'll be ashes next to your cryogenic. Yeah, you got no hope. I mean, you're done. I have at least, you know, I have a, I have a male with a hail mary in my, uh, my casket. Well, have you, have you paid for the cryogenic thing? No, it's just all in theory. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's all in theory. theory. Although it looks like that theory is getting closer and to being realized, given the current situation, (laughs) given the fact that I have a forty-five percent chance of 
or, or what is it? What was it? What was the statistic? I saw what 40, I mean, basically, I, I didn't understand. It said 45% more risk. But what I couldn't understand was, why it didn't make sense to me was, it was like, for, it, they, they said a few different things. You know, higher risk of catching it, higher risk of it being more, uh, you know, lethal, as it were, or just more complications. So, wait, what is the 45% risk? Is it of the catching it? Is it of the complications? Is it of the death? I don't know exactly what the 45% risk was. I think was. the answer is yes. <laughs> it's forty five percent bad. Like you don't. <laughs> but, but Jason, I I don't want to stay in my house for the next two years. I I want something. I want to go out to like I don't know Burger King or you just go to anywhere. Florida? You want to go to a nightclub in Florida? <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> totally where I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, l- l- listen. Nobody said you could go out. Yeah, I but, mean, you could you die, but you're free. You're you're you know it's a free country. This is this is not just the new normal. This is like the old normal, and it's going to be normal for a fucking long time. It's like, what the F is going on? Yeah, well, anybody who thought it wasn't was delusional, which was a good portion of the population. I mean, it was anyone who read any serious um, discussion of how this virus is likely to play out has understood that the most likely scenario is that we won't get any kind of a vaccine until sometime in 2021. Now, if we're lucky, if we're lucky, we can get it in like, say, late winter, early spring. Um, but, you know, they usually say it's like 18 months to, to develop a vaccine, if you can develop one. And there, we've never developed a vaccine for coronavirus. Now, yeah, there's like, you know, 90 or 100, you know, trials going on. And yeah, we have this sort of you know, this is something that countries are across, across the world are, are putting a lot of money into. So maybe all bets are off and we can get one, you know, in January or February. But that's unprecedented. And so betting on something that's unprecedented is, you know, that's a risky bet. But also, just because you get something that works, by the time you actually can scale it and get it out to people in enough volume that, you know, we, we reach some kind of uh, critical threshold of vaccinations and herd immunity or, or you know, like, like as if you, you know, have to have like 80% or 70% of the population has to, uh, has to have antibodies or whatever before you have herd immunity. So vaccine wise, you'd have to have something kind of similar, I guess. Right. But the flu vaccine, for example, is hit or miss because there's various different strains. I mean, and who's to say mm-hmm. there isn't different strains of this. So yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 you know, I, don't, I don't know enough about it. I mean, they've talked so a little bit about... are we like this for the rest of our lives? No, but I mean, I, I think it's going to be into next year, you know, whether, whether, whether things start loosening up, I mean, really loosening up and, and, and in a way that's actually realistic is whether that happens in February, whether that happens in, you know, the following summer or something. I mean, I'm an optimist. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always willing to bet on, you know the but ingenuity I mean, this, of humankind to, to overcome obstacles but you, you got to be somewhat realistic about but it. but states i mean everything's opening so are you <laughs> yeah well yeah, there was a great line i guess an article title was this america is it, america is done with the virus but the virus is not done with america right right you know it's it's you know I think people are have, have just kind of decided, you know, screw it. I mean, I think what's happened is most people have realized that they themselves are probably not going to get sick. They might get other people sick, but I think people are just selfishly like, you know, I'm not going to give up my entire life for this for, you know, the next year or two years. And um, 
because it's just kind of theoretical. It's like they, um, it's like the, uh, there was an article that came out in the New York Times maybe a month or six weeks ago, and it sort of showed, uh, you know, there was like a, it was like a graphic that had all these dots of people who had died. It was just scrolling through people and had like occasional name and age next to them. But the vast majority of people were like 75 and older. You know, it was an occasional person that was in their late 50s or 60s, but it was like 89, 92, 78, 86, you know. And, and I think that's the kind of thing people look at that. They're like, okay, you know, here, here's how people are, are, would, are selfishly thinking. Those people are going to die anyway soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what they're thinking. And they're just like, okay, so I'm really not going to get sick. I'm, you know, my 30s or my 40s or my 20s. You know, they're just like, ah. You know, and then they're then they're coming out saying, well, the kids, kids are not really getting sick and they're not spreading it. And all these kinds of things that are make, making people think, well, you know, the risk for them and their family is probably not that high unless they have a, a fa- an older family member that lives with them, which is not super common in the United States. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's uncommon, but it's not like, you know, in Europe where the older generations just live with the younger generations. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean. Well, I don't know. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I could be stuck in worse places. Look, this is beautiful up here in the mountains. Like I said on the last show, like, it's like a vacation. It's kind of like a long vacation. In a log um, cabin. It's, like- it's kind of like a long vacation, but also it's like a long vacation where you get a chance to work on your projects, your side projects. <laughs> you get a chance to reflect on how long the vacation is. <laughs> yeah. You you know that point when, like, after three weeks of the vacation, you're like, I'm really ready to be done with this. <laughs> it's like that vacation. Time it's like, six. <laughs> it's like that point where you're like, I'm really ready to be done with this. That just keeps happening. And it's just like, you know, we're like three or four months into that point, And I've got another, like, probably one to two years of that point. <laughs> Well, so. <laughs> what, what is it that you miss exactly, specifically? What are the things that were part of your, I don't know, daily, weekly, monthly routine that that you aren't getting to do? We we are saving so much money because we are just like, we, we used to, I mean, we used to just eat at restaurants. That was our thing. You know, right. that was our main sustenance. Your foodies. And so, so now it's like, we've had to learn to cook. You know, ah, right. like we basically are doing everything for ourselves. All of a sudden, like we're saving like two grand a month kind of thing. It's wow. like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's like, wow, it's, it's really different way of living. And also, um, well, we're not, else- we're not, we're not because we order in a ton. Oh, you do? Uh, okay. You know, it's Thai food, it's Indian, it's Chinese, it's whatever. You but know, isn't I, there like some risk with ordering? I mean, don't you feel that there could uh, be a coronavirus on those packaging? The, the I did initially. We were I was I was concerned about it initially because they didn't know, and there yeah. was and then the store initial articles that came out about it warned about that and they said, well, you should wipe down everything and da da da. And, and so early on, it was just like you know zero tolerance for for any of that kind of stuff. But then. Um, then after we started to realize after the after the news seemed to sort of change its stance on that, or at least the the, the medical the who guidance. right the World Health Organization yeah or CDC whoever yeah. you know they're just like yeah you know that's probably safe. Um, then we just sort of you know yeah. threw that out the window because I was like I was really getting sick of sandwiches. I'm like all right I need to <laughs> order some tacos or something. I mean there's, so there's two big changes for living here. One is because trash is is like painful to deal with trash here. Uh-huh. Like, you know, in when, where, where I used to live, we just used to have this giant big 
big dumpster and you could just walk out the door and chuck everything in a dumpster. Well, now I've got to like lug trash cans up like five flights of stairs, you know, up the mountain to the street. And so I'm like, I I pay attention. I'm like, try and cause less trash. So that's good. You know, it's like I'm living a more sustainable lifestyle, let's say. Right. um, right. With less trash. Okay. So other other than, okay, go on. on. And so, and then just cooking, like I'm even making my own almond milk. What do you think about that? Like I'm literally ordering in almonds and I'm like squeezing them through a special nut milk bag. Jesus. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Uh, well, because it's just nicer. It's just nicer. It's easy. I mean, it's just, it's cheaper. It's nicer. It's easier. You oh, know, okay. just generally speaking, it's just available, you know? Well, okay. Um, and why not? Yeah. Well, okay. So other than going out to eat, what else? What are your, what are the things that you used to do that you're missing? Well, going, going, I mean, just going to that hotel, that's that beautiful hotel where I used to work out of. Uh-huh, and I used right. to like, they had a, an amazing spa and sauna and stuff and, you okay. know, a weight room that I'd occasionally visit. That you'd pretend that you'd consider going in. <laughs> I'd and, walk by, I'd walk by the weight room on the way to the sauna. Like, one day I'm, I'm <laughs> definitely going to start using this thing. Um, yeah, it was really nice to have a membership of that. And just, just, I mean, I don't know, just going out, just going out places like to parks and stuff. You can still go to parks. Well, with a double with a double risk of diabetes and blood type A, I just I mean we do go to parks, but sometimes take for example today on Father's Day, Happy Father's Day, but by the way, no, thank you. You are, you are okay, a dad. Yeah. Yes. yeah, you are a dad. Times three. Um, yes, me times one. That would be just you. Just me times one. <laughs> <laughs> as, I, um, as I taught my daughter, one times X is just X. You don't have to write the one in front of it. Like, just the X. Um, there's, a, there's, there's just so many people, especially where we are, and no one wears masks. No oh, really? one wears masks, yeah. Not up here. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so that's, that's the big... Really, it's just going out to eat, and going out to eat and working at the hotel. So anyway... What is going on with you? I, I hear you have some interesting stuff to talk about. I would love to hear about it. Well, yeah, I do. I think I think so. I think I have a few things that would be worth worth talking about. So you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this uh, this morning. Uh, I was like, you know, I can't really talk to too many people about this stuff because it's like I end up just talking at them, right? There, it's just there's so much detail and stuff. I can just talk superficially about it which is sort of an appropriate level of detail and sort of a, hey, what's going on with you lately kind of conversation because you don't mm-hmm. want to go off and, and, and get, you know, get go inside baseball on them. Otherwise, people are just like, oh, God, Jason, shut up, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, and, and of course, Sandy only wants to hear about it so much because she kind of knows, right, she's around. Um, so it's like I don't get a lot of chance to talk about this other than, say, Justin or whoever I'm working on with the project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, the, the podcast is and, and talking with you is like my one opportunity to speak about it, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And of course, we haven't talked. What's the last time we did a show? Was that like um, six weeks ago or something? Uh, I don't think it was that long ago. I think it was m- more recent than normal. I don't know. I mean, it might have released four weeks ago, but I don't think it was at least five or going on six time we actually, but, but from the time we recorded it. Okay. That'd be my guess. Anyway, <clears throat> so... Um, well, okay. So the first thing I'll tell you about is the um, programming course that um, 
Justin and I started for Colby and his crew, those uh, the boys from his math academy. Oh, cool. Class. So like like sort of catalyst, but for older kids. That's right. So, um, okay, so a little background. Uh, you know, he's been in, they're, they're taking this, they're part of this program called App Academy, at the, which oh, yeah. is at the same yeah. high school. But it's not like Math Academy, and in terms of it's not this elite, you know, only the top X percent and things go really accelerated. It's really just like anybody, right? In fact, I, I mean, they do have regular and honors, but the regular version is like, in the ninth grade, is is they're really like scratch, I mean, a little drag and drop. Yeah, I went, yeah, in, yeah. I went in and sat on the class, and um, and then the honors is is not is not that accelerated. I mean, it's okay. it's they're using they're, they're they're doing JavaScript in something called P five, which is sort of like a an online sort of like a contained environment where they have um, you know like an API is kind of built in, so it makes it kind of easy to do stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, they just have not learned much in the okay. past year. I mean, they even last year they learned, they didn't learn very much. But then this year I felt like it was just a dead zone. I mean, I would, you know, I'd check in and ask Colby what he's doing and it was just like nothing, you know. And so um, there's a couple things about that. But anyway, I'll, I'll just I'll just talk about what we're doing with, with these guys is so – you know, I, I, my frustration with this has been building up because he, he should be way further down the road than he is in, in the programming okay. stuff. Yeah. And I was like, and I, I was talking to Justin about it. I said, you know, as soon as all the AP exams are over with, you know, let's give him a break or whatever. But then why don't you start working with him on some coding stuff? You know, mm-hmm. and I've kind of learned that it's not good for me to teach Colby directly. It's better to have somebody else do it. I think a lot of parents eventually learn that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, no, it, I know what you mean. It sounds like a great idea. I mean, when they're really little, like it's fine, but they get to a certain age, and it's just, I don't, I don't care if it's a sport or you know, it's an academic thing. I, there's just a lot of um, baggage. There's baggage. You know, it's just, <laughs> it just, it just, it, it creates, it creates a lot of stress on yeah. both uh, on both the child and the parent, and it's better to have a, 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 a you know somebody who's not has no emotional investment in the situation. Yeah. Right. And they can say good job or bad job or you need to try harder or you're, you know, whatever. And the kid, it doesn't affect the kid in any, you know, extreme way. Whereas at a parent, it can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. So I've I've learned that. I mean, obviously, I I was able to do that with Colby and and, and, uh, the math academy. But, um, you know, when I was teaching the math class for him for what is that, four or five years. But for other things, I found it was a little bit of a strain especially when it's being a one-on-one situation yeah so anyway i, I was talking to justin i said all right why don't you do that do something and much teach him python and start you know kind of start teaching him some data structure and algorithm kind of stuff like let's just level him up right and then i started thinking about it and i was like you know i feel a little guilty just doing this for colby and not these other kids you know riley riley george and david who've who've been with colby ever since they were and part of the math academy ever since they were, you know, fourth, fifth grade. And Catalyst. And Catalyst, right. Um, or at least uh, Riley. And um, so I was like, you know, so I, I, so I, I, I initially brought, ran it by Sandy, and she's like, just have Justin work with Colby. Don't just, you have enough on your plate. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't start a new thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
But again, I felt bad about it. I also thought, you know, it might be a little more fun for Colby if it's a group thing. Mm, yeah. You know, because um, sometimes just one on one tutoring. I mean, it's it's efficient, but it's not really a thing. Right. You, you're not like competing like we were, you know, like making games and stuff like that. Yeah. When, when, yeah. when, when you have a group of kids doing something, it has a certain center of gravity to it. It, 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 ha- it creates its own momentum. There becomes a social aspect to it. And I, I really believe in this, this saying, which is like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. Right. And um, so I sent an email out to the, each of the three kids and I said, hey, um, you know, thinking about doing this thing with Colby, you know, you know, about, you know, teaching him to, you know, and Python, teaching him Python and code, advanced coding techniques and machine learning and that kind of stuff. And I said, I think all this stuff would be really useful for you guys to know, especially if you're going to go into something like physics or aerospace engineering or whatever, which is the things these guys have been talking about. Um, and because, because for instance, my niece, who's in her sophomore year at uh, UC Boulder, is an aerospace engineer, uh, engineering major, and she was trying to get involved in some um, research projects. And all of the professors that she spoke to, the first thing they asked her was like, "Can you do? You, can you code? Do you know Python? Do you know machine learning?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, that was yeah. the. It's like you know, fine. You know a little bit of math, and you know a little bit of in, base, you know, rudimentary engineering. But to be useful to us, you need to be able to write code. Preferably yeah. Python. Yeah. And you need to do some data science stuff. And so she taught herself some stuff. And anyway, she got involved in that and, and, and actually went um, some code that she wrote turn, turned out to be the basis for a, what a bunch of other um, undergraduate research students are working on um, for a big thing, a big project for NASA, which is trying to be really cool. Oh, nice. Anyway, so I, I kind of related the basics of that story and they all got really excited and they're like, yeah, man, I want to do it. I was like, of okay. I, I mean, I, I, I said, look, because the thing I said to him, I said, look, if you guys don't want to do it, you just want to spend the summer playing video games, I get it. It's totally fine. But I wanted to offer this to you in case you did. Um, and, and uh, you know, luckily they all they all wanted to do it and were enthusiastic about it. So I was like, okay. And so, um, Justin, we'd initially, Justin and I had initially envisioned this course, the idea for this course being... Um, some a combination of like programming, software engineering, um, data structures and algorithms, and machine learning. So, as opposed to just in, and we called it computational math. So they would utilize a lot of the math they've used in multivariate calculus and, and and say linear algebra and differential equations and stuff. So it'd be a lot of mathematical modeling involved as well. Um, so we kind of just started, you know working in that spirit, you know, I was like, okay, we're gonna learn Python, we're gonna teach him Python. And what he did, Justin had this really good idea. He said, why don't we have him work on, on Google Colab? Those notebooks, those online, the sort of IPython notebook environment. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with that? Jupyter notebooks, I think they're called. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> familiar with the concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and one of the reasons we did that is because uh, George, the only, only computer he has at home is the Chromebook, and the only he could access was the Google Colab. So I'm like, all right, I guess that's what we're using. And <laughs> um, so, and we set up Discord. So they have like a group. Oh, nice. Yeah. A group yeah. chat. And um, so Justin would, and, and then what we do is we do like a, a class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like a Google Meet. Okay. And, um, 
and what will and then justin will create like a uh a pro, uh, like a a set of like four problems that are due between each class and sometimes it has an a b and c to the problem but it's usually like you know you know something to do with coding software engineering something to do with uh data structure and algorithms is something to do with machine learning and and so they even after like we've done like 11 or 12 assignments it's ridiculous how fast they're moving they've already done like you know they've already gone through all the data structures implementing the data structures like link lists and w link lists and stacks and queues they're doing binary trees now um they've done you know the binary search search and graphs and search and they're doing gradient descent they've they've implemented a complete matrix class where you can do you know reduce row echelon form and you know inverting a matrix and doing all that kind of stuff and you know they're just i mean it's pretty incredible how fast they're moving and and and, and um about about a week and a half ago so we're probably like what like three and a half weeks in or something three weeks in i said um why don't we start working on the concept of a game of a game because we really need an environment where they can learn object-oriented programming and it's hard to teach object-oriented programming when you're just doing like one-off exercises right because ultimately it comes down to a modeling um, yeah. a modeling exercise. It's like, hey, you have all of these different, you know, uh, things that are kind of objects that have methods and you need to, you know, this is, has one of these or has many of these or is one of these and all that kind of stuff. And you just, I, I felt like the only way to do that is to create, create a, an, work in an environment where we could build, continue to build on something large where it mattered how you, how yeah, you, well, you exactly where it helps. Otherwise, this just seems all artificial. So, like, why is okay? So, this is a class. Okay, you know, I put a bunch of functions on a class. Like, for the if you're just writing a hundred line program, it doesn't seem to really. <laughs> it seems kind of arbitrary and almost kind of unnecessary. Yeah. So, do you remember that game that we that we played that one time, Space Empires? That you, Phil, and Colby and I played. Yeah, like yeah, a, I do. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a it's like a space uh, strategy game. So think of like Risk in space, but like mm -hmm. 10 times more complex. Yeah. Right. Maybe or 20 times more complex or something. And, um, it's, it's what you, what's done as a four X game. So it's expand, explore, expand, exploit, exterminate, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, I thought, you know, so I was like, here's what I want to do. I was like, let's create a massively multiplayer game that machine learning agents will compete against where machine learning agents will compete against you. So it won't be players. Mm. It'll be just machine learning. Anyway, I thought if we create this environment, because we, we've, we've been wanting to do, uh, or we want to build towards having the kids develop uh, machine learning algorithms from, from, from scratch. Okay. And ultimately we want to, we want to have, have create a situation where the kids have to sort of um, develop or train um, uh, algorithms where they compete as sort of agent-based algorithms. Mm, yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, if we had, imagine if you had algorithms that could control, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of like spaceships or whatever, and they're all competing and they all have different, you know, strengths and weaknesses and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, but rather than like having a game that already existed, let's have them got kids actually build the game. 
Like they have to build the logic, they have to build, you know, the how rules. The distribute not only just to implement the rules, but it's like how are these agents communicate. Okay, you have yeah, this yeah. socket-based communication, so you could have them all running in different servers, even if you wanted mm -hmm. to, or at least all running in separate processes. And um, you know, I mean, there's a ton they would learn just about coding to develop that. Yeah, because you know? the idea is just not is not just to develop, you know, an expertise in machine learning. It's like I want them to have, you know, to really be able to, you know build software yeah to understand the the entire tool chain exactly so um i i i outlined that because at first we didn't really talk about it you know we just said hey you know here imagine you have a game and you have like you know players and each players have ships and there's different types of ships and then you know here's basically what happens they move around randomly in a certain grid and da 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 and the kids are like okay fine like this is just an arbitrary modeling thing and then we went a round or two of that, and then and I said, by the way, what we're doing is this. And like one of the kids was like, that is awesome. That is sick. I want to do that. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so it's like, it was really funny because, you know, even though they are, they are definitely enjoying, you know, writing the the, you know, all the algorithm solving the algorithm problems or learning about recursion or whatever it is, building something big is really magnified their enthusiasm. So they're mm -hmm. like on Discord going back and forth constantly about stuff. It's like- So this is the new project now that like is, they're taking up all their time. They're kind of obsessing about it. Yeah, well, Sandy said to me, she's like, how much, how much time are they spending on this? Because Colby has some other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got some AB courses coming up in the um, fall and they have to have, they have to do some work over the summer, you know, so. You know. So is Sandy a fan of this or? She is, is, but she's always like, she always has reservations because, you know, how I get yeah. carried away with stuff, you know, yeah. everything I do turns into this bigger thing. But I don't know. Also, the other thing is I, I invited in a, a, the the um, son of a friend of mine, you know, uh, Doug, who created MV Code Club. Yeah. 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 So, so his son is Colby's age and he's, he's a really good coder. You know, he grew up with MV Code Club and doing lots of stuff with that. So, so he's working with the group. Yeah, yeah, and he's actually better than all of them because he's he's done stuff with Ruby and Ra on Rails with React. He's done stuff with the Phoenix, which is sort of like a uh, and uh, Elixir, which is like the mm. uh, you know web version or JavaScript version of um, what is it uh, Erlang. He's he's done stuff with Java and you know so he, he's just he's coded a lot. You know. And so were they already friends? I mean, that's that's that can be sometimes difficult to bring a new person into a group of friends. You know, I uh, mean, Colby knew him because we went up. We've we've been up there and visited a couple times, and okay. um, you know, we've 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 taken a couple vacations together with them. And okay, uh, yeah. So so they yeah. so they and so they're all, all getting on on Discord. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, he's a really nice kid, and he's he's also like is. And, and, and he's also like, he also did the BC calculus course online through our system. I don't know if I mentioned that. How old are they all now? Uh, I think they're all, they're all 16 except for Colby. Yeah. They're so all Colby's 15. Is it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Huh? Yeah. So they're wow, so that's get, that's getting up there. It is Be 18, 18 pretty soon. God, I know <laughs> it's two more years of, he's two more years of, uh, high school. And then that's I mean, it, yeah. he was seven when we first started doing the show, right? Is that right? 2009. Yeah. So yeah. something like that. Yeah, he was still yeah. little. Well, 2009, no, he was five, probably. Really? Five. Wow. 
That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, anyway, the, the, this course is just, you know, we're, we were talking about, like, why is, it, why is this going? So, how is it that the kids are able to move so fast? And, you know, because what's interesting, you know, I've had the, the guy who, who funds the App Academy, he, um, he actually asked Sandy and I to sort of help manage it, to basically run it, because he was just kind of unhappy with the level of rigor of the, of the curriculum and all that stuff. And, and so I, and I, and one of the things I talked about doing is I said, okay, here's this computational math course that we've kind of conceptualized that the kids would do after maybe a, a year of introductory program or something like that. And he's just like, Jason, this is just crazy. I mean, this is just so advanced. Like how could the kids possibly do this? Mm. And, you know, and, and he's a smart guy, right? I mean, he, Durade physics, he built and took, uh, he started a software company and, sold it, make it public. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's a smart guy and he really knows coding, coding or, you know, computer science, but he, and he looked at this and he just thought I was off my rocker. He's just, Jason, <laughs> this is just, and we're moving it probably two or three times the pace of that course, hmm. just moving three times a week. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, the kids, great. the kids are doing work on their own time. They probably put, you know, anywhere from, they probably average three to four hours in assignment, you know, which is not an ordinate amount of time given that it's for over two days. Um, but it just it just blows away, you know, I think what the expectations are that you might have. Any, any reason I mean, the same math. thing happened with math, right? It's just, this just, just went much faster. It, so over, um, yeah. when, when will we be able to see this game in action? Oh, well, well, first I want to tell you why. Why, okay. why? So oh, the, sure, the, tell me. Yeah. So the, the reason why I think it's, we're able to move that fast is, is a technique that we use in um, in Math Academy, which is something I haven't really heard anywhere else, but it's something that I just started doing on my own when they were in fifth grade, which is interleaving, which just means I don't do just one topic in a day. I'll do two to three topics a day, but I won't go too far in that one topic, right? Because if, if you're just doing like one topic, like today we're talking about quadratic equations or something, or today we're talking about recursion. Well, you cannot keep going in that direction because you have to build on, you have to sort of develop that concept. It has to settle in, the, in their brains, right? Because mm, mm. if you just try and go three or four or five steps and the, they haven't really mastered the first step because they're just sitting there listening to you talk. By the time you get to the second or third step, they're just like, yeah, I don't really know what's going on. I mean, I understand the you, words that are coming in her mouth and I'm writing stuff down, but I certainly haven't mastered the earlier steps, right? I mean, so, I mean, you're, anyone's brain just takes time. It just sort of soaks it in subconsciously. You kind of background process it while you're in the shower type of thing. So you're saying you give them, you give them just like a top level, low resolution version of something. Their brain thinks about it in the background. Then you, then you talk about it with them in, an, in a few more days and get, get into a bit more depth. Is that how it works? Partially, they have to do the work, right? Okay. Like I can talk to you about something. If you don't do the work, you have not learned it. All you've done is become familiar with it, right? So if I if I give you if I say, hey, Justin, I'm going to teach you about you know factoring a quadratic equation, and I go on with the board and I kind of show it to you. If you don't do any problems, you you know you within a day or two you would have no confidence in that at all, right? Mm -hmm. um, you have to actually do some problems, and so the same thing goes for this. If I say, well, you know, we go three or four times as fast. So it's like, oh, here's, here's, here's a quadratic formula. Here's how you factor it. And then this, and then we go on that and that, you, you know, like you have had no practice at the first stage. You, you just, it, which, so you haven't mastered it. So you really can't get to the second and third steps. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you, 
But what you don't have to do is you don't take have to take up an hour talking about that first step. Usually you can get that done, especially with uh, kids who are, you know, on, uh, you know, on the brighter side, you can get that done in, you know, 10, 15 minutes. You don't need, you know, 55 minutes or whatever typical class like this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so what we do is, is so instead of saying, okay, guys, today's lesson is on recursion. And we talk about recursion for 50 minutes or 45 minutes, and then give them like one or two problems that are sort of similar. It's like, no, we, t- we talk about it for five minutes. Here's how you would calculate a Fibonacci sequence. You know, we're given a couple problems on, you know, on recursion that doing different things. And then, then we go out and we talk about, you know, bubble sort. And then we talk about, you know, creating a, you know, a, a matrix class where you multiply, how to multiply two matri- matrices. And then we talk about, you know, a fourth thing or something, right? And so each yeah. thing by itself is not super hard. I mean, it's a little like each one has a little tricky and there's some things to it, but it's kind of like, okay, that's a 30 minute exercise. That's a 40 minute exercise. That's a 25 minute exercise. And, you know, they get all get it done in anywhere from, like I said, two to two to five hours, depending on, you know, what all's involved. But just like with the math Academy class, because we're interleaving, we can cover, we can move probably three or four times as fast. So that's what it is. So, so it, is interleaving a concept that you made up or is it is it something that you i mean did you just instinctively do it and then retrospectively discovered there was something called interleaving or i have never heard of anyone ever talk about it or mention it i haven't really read and i've kind of searched around i haven't really heard of anyone doing anything like this so did you make up the word interleaving yeah yeah i just made it up nice i mean there might be say well jace you know 1962 there's something called blah and here's a research paper (laughs) i you know i mean because to me it seemed obvious I mean, you know, it just seems obvious. So, you know, it, it reminds me of something. I, I do think that that people who are working in a certain area do kind of end up with the same conclusion, multiple different people, like the boot camp that I've written, um, mm-hmm. which has gone really well, by the way. Um, people have, uh, the, the people said it said, oh, you're saying some similar stuff to Justin Jackson. Oh, and some, some other stuff that's similar to Rob Walling. And it's it's not that I've read Justin Jackson or Rob Walling. It's just that well, there's That's certain truths. There are certain truths. It's just true. It's this just, is just yeah. true. It just works. It just, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, yeah. you know, and like I said, I, 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 I'm not claiming that nobody has ever talked about it before. I'm just saying yeah. I, I created it just sort of intuitively. I just started doing it intuitively. Like, this is, if we want to make a lot of progress, like, let's just be efficient with our time. I don't need to talk. So when I was teaching home, say, like, basic algebra, I don't need to talk about the product role for exponents for an hour, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like x squared times x cubed, x to the fifth, right? But we go through some examples to see how it works. Like, okay, everybody got it? All right, let's move on. How about we talk about, you know, you know, you know, whatever, some other, you know, solving two-step linear equations or something, you know, and you do that three or four times. And it just came out of my own just general impatience. Like, I'm always like, let's go, 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 go. You know, let's, let's be efficient. Well, I'm impatient to know when we're going to see the game. When, when are we going to hear more about the game and be able to actually experience at least a few screenshots? Is it, is it visual or is it all just like um, like a text sort of back-end type thing? So here's what I'm going to match. So right now what they have is, um, so they're running it and they, we're using Google, Google Colab, right? So they each have a Google Colab netbook, notebook for every assignment. And so everyone's game code just sits in that so it's not like it's in github or anything yet although we're pretty right, soon okay. go, pretty soon this thing's gonna run we're gonna run out of space like you just does not fit 
you, in a in a that is so cool. You have to get them running with Git GitHub, like so that they can just say, you know, when when they're being interviewed, like for whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, I use GitHub. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I totally. <laughs> I, I, so my That's awesome. my view on this is that if they can, if we can continue to work on this, this would be this will actually get press. Like this is the kind of thing will blow up on Hacker News if we can get this far enough. Yeah, and yeah. and they can. What we want to do is is especially once in the school year, writing a regular like day weekly blog post on the progress and the machine learning techniques they're using and the problems and issues they're running into with the distributed you know environment or whatever like that. That could bring them a lot of positive attention, which could, you know, lead to all kinds of things. And I don't, you know, I'm mm-hmm. nuts. Like the Lux Surface area, right? It's like do and tell, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, do it's like okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, but in terms of the game itself, you know, one thing we had them do is uh, they're using like this plot, which shows like a grid, a, you know, like a five by five grid or something that shows what where their different types of ships are. This is a battleship or a destroyer or a scout and it shows where they are and it shows them battling it out. And, you know, what it does is it just like prints them out in sequence. And then what you can do is you can save them as, is, uh, as PNGs and then put them all together in terms of a, of an animated GIF. So you, you know, watch one, th- one thing you could do is also just, just to sort of teach them like the full rounded experience of everything mm-hmm. that we're talking about is get them to create a blog, a joint blog, and literally blog it in the open as they're doing it, the game decisions they're making, oh, yeah. the things that well, they're that's, doing. Well, that's the plan. That's what we're going to do. That's absolutely what we're going to oh, do. Oh, perfect. Okay, so, and the blog, so you're gonna, the game's going to have a name like, yeah. you know, Battle Warriors or whatever. And well, then I you're can tell you, it, defi- it, defi- and- it definitely won't be Battle Warriors, but yeah, I don't play the game. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just saying something. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying a name. So basically, and so I'll be able to go to that, and there will be a blog post that will show like Colby's latest thinking, you know, uh, Riley's latest thinking, like what the direction that the game's going in, some some first well, not only GIFs that, and screenshots. Not only that, I want we'll make it so that anyone can compete in it. So they can get in and train their own AI and submit their Perfect. their agent, so that it would be literally a massive online. It, it so, so sometimes they've, they've, there have been things. There's a challenge, an MIT thing where they do, and it's like one on one. It's like tournament style, I think, where your AI battles someone else's AI. I. And it's like a one-off, like, it, you know, the whole thing runs in, you know, 30 seconds or 10 seconds or whatever. And it's like, hey, this one wins, this one wins. Uh, what I'm imagining is like, it's almost like EVE Online, like it never ends. Like you have this massive area and you could have, you know, thousands of agents, they're building up their forces and they're all competing each other. So you could, you know, check in, you get up regular email updates from your agents about, well, we just you know, <laughs> captured this zone or we, <laughs> we generate this. You're like, oh man, I got to go upgrade my, this is cool. you know, I got to go this upgrade cool. my mining AI because the mining AI is not exploiting that and it's funneling too much over here, whatever. I mean, it's just something that I always wished it would. I'd been thinking about something like this for years and I told Justin, I was like, screw it. I'm just have the kids build it. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna, they're like, well, we, we just, we just, and I talk about it. It was like, it's like our little um, research group. It's like they're PhD students and this is our research group. You know, that's awesome. And, that's really awesome. And right now they're all building their version of it. At some point we might say, okay, well, we'll have one group, one thing that they all work on together. Um, but I, what reason we didn't do that first is that I want everybody to learn. Right. And if you can easily get a situation, we have group projects as one person is doing most of the work and getting most of the learning. Other people are coping. Yeah. Yeah. But you want, you also want them all, it's like the interleaving. Like you want them to, you don't want them to specialize yet. You want them to be generalists at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think if 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 they if they they could build it up and right at the very least 
it would be a cool research blog where they're talking about all their different agents that are competing and you know the techniques. Dude, they're all gonna get they're all gonna get offer letters from OpenAI even before they go to any school, you know. <laughs> like it's gonna be like <laughs> they're all gonna be snapped up, these guys. <laughs> well it's funny, we were talking about this like where it's like with two 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 years of this. I mean even where they are is impressive. I said, but two years of this is gonna be just off the charts. You know, yeah, it's funny yeah. I was I you know I I, I was we, you know, because we've been taught, we've been kind of, you know, this all this curriculum, we were just sort of invented out of out of thin air. I said, all right, because I remember sitting down and saying, oh, well, they should learn this and they should learn that. And they should, you know, just throwing out all these random things, you know. And then I started thinking, you know, let's just take a look and see what else other people are doing. And I ordered a couple of books at the, um, that for MIT's Introductory Computer Science course. And it's funny because it's very similar to what we're doing. It's like, oh, they do the object-oriented sort of software engineering stuff. They do the data structured algorithm stuff. And they do the machine learning mathematical modeling stuff. Like they have the same pieces. Although our stuff is going to go a lot further. They're going to be a lot, mm-hmm. e- even in MIT's course. You yeah, know, there's, perfect. And the other books that we're using, I'll just say the couple of books that we're using, which are kind of cool. One we one is, um, I, I didn't say we're using, but these are books that I th- that I bought because I thought, you know, You're taking inspiration from. Well, it's like if it just saved time, it's like, oh, here's, you know, here's uh, something for like, you know, dynamic programming or A star path, you know, uh, you know, pathfinding or something. It's like, okay, well, they have a couple good exercises. Rather than you inventing one, let's just use theirs. So, is this what you're most excited about at the moment? Actually, no. I, I mean, it's one of like three or four things. So, but I just want to tell you that, the books that here that just in case people were interested. So, one is Data Science from Scratch: First Principles with Python which is an O'Reilly okay. book, which I think is really good. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. one I got from uh, the MIT, this, the MIT The mic, coach. the desk, the desk, the books, the mic. Oh, like, you just, just don't bang on the desk. It's like sorry. really loud. Oh, yeah. sorry. The, the book from uh, MIT is called Introduction to Computation and Programming Using Python. Um, cool. And then uh, With Applications of Understanding Data. That one's really good. And do you remember, um, you remember Zed Shaw? Remember that guy? I, I remember the name. Yeah, he has a couple books. One is Remind called me? Learn Python the Hard Way. Okay. And he has one called Learn More Python the Hard Way. <laughs> and <laughs> this the first one's pretty basic, but the second one is um, is actually pretty good. Um, okay. So uh, those are all those are all <laughs> books that like I guess I would say we're using them, but it's like they're sitting on the desk and occasionally glance at them. You know, usually it's like, oh yeah, that's what we're doing. Those are things that they're also talking about. Like, okay, let's teach them some data compression stuff. Let's teach them some cryptography stuff, you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah, but, cool. uh, um, <clears throat> But this will be an ongoing story, so I can talk about it again more. Yes, I want to hear more about it. But I also want, like, it sounds like you've got other things. Should I should I do a little yes, something? Yes, let's, let's, we... let's, 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 let's hear your let's hear your. Uh, okay, so, well, the last, was I, had I started on the boot camp the last time we spoke? You talked a little the bit nugget. about it, yeah. Yeah, so, so I'd had it in my mind to, to start the boot camp. Yeah. And the reason, because the, the one guy, Mateo, joined Nugget because I'd sent him seven lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh, it made me think, oh, I should do a boot camp. So, of course, I did the boot camp with the idea of getting something out in a week. Mm-hmm. And here we are six weeks to two months later, and I still haven't got it out because when you actually sit down to write it, you kind of get a bit more perfectionist about it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really helped me because it's really helped me think through why people are failing. And mm. um, I I have now written it. I've put it out for review and given it to some of those guys who I've been working with for a couple of years who haven't been, who've been stuck. And already I'm seeing them getting unstuck. 
and so i think it's good i think it's really really oh, good what's what is what's the what's the trick um the trick is well, well i talk about i spoke about leveling up did i the last time when with the boot camp did i did we speak about the founder context side of things mm, so I it's like so it's sort of like um so it's it's like a level it's like a level up game so level you know you kind of need to learn things in order but people jump in so the first thing you need to learn is what we did by mistake i sort of reversed engineered when you look at like rob walling you me people who have success online mm -hmm. there's a pattern that they follow and people try and don't try and follow that pattern okay. they just try and sort of do what they're doing right and the pattern is this it's like level one of the indie founder the indie founder level up game level one is build some traffic right it's just like get an audience in some kind of a way right and so you and i remember we we had that blogging competition did we yeah <laughs> remember that was like one of the like one of the first things we did we had a blogging competition to see who could get the most views on hacker news you know God, i don't remember that okay i believe you but i yeah. don't remember and and so you know we we put out it wasn't it was like a it wasn't exactly a competition but it was like a you know, you you did a blog post, I did a blog post, okay, and we just we just started getting a lot of traffic, okay, and that traffic created lock surface area, and that you know, and we did the podcast, and that whole side of things just creates like it's like soil that you can put seeds in, right? You know what I mean, right? And so so many people just kind of go, okay, I'm going to build a SaaS app, which is like skipping out a whole bunch of level ups, you know, right. like so it's like going straight to just building a product before you actually know anything about building an audience. But at the end of the day, building an audience is the number one thing you need to learn. It's like the first point, right? You know, um, so that that so the course makes a really good case for that and explains it really well. And also just it makes just a really good case about doing a tiny product first and just all those things that are just like, uh, just logical. Just, just building your indie founder career in a very logical way. Okay. All right. Cool. Are you back? Are you backgrounding me? I am not backgrounding you. I well, I, I just getting ready to send you a couple of images. So I just getting stuff queued up. Okay. But cool. Keep going. Cool. I'm, I'm absolutely listening. Yeah. Um. So I just think it says it. it it's just like, it's 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 very holistic. Mm -hmm. So it it's not really speaking about um, you building a specific product. It's speaking about you as a founder over. The entirety of your founder career okay. and it's like it's like look you are here you are nothing <laughs> you are nothing you're a and loser then, okay and the next thing you need to do is to become a little something okay and then a little bit more of something and then a little bit more of something so just don't try and be something big just try and be something a little bit bigger than nothing right. and that's really what it makes a very good case for right um so i think i think it's good and I'm getting excited because I've got a couple of founders that I'm working with now who have got past those first few steps, who've already got products out there, who've already got an audience, but they just don't quite know how to monetize it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm working one-on-one -on -one with those guys to help them. And I'm, I'm really enjoying that compared to working with people who haven't sort of got that under their belt yet. So, so for this, this sort of stage two, are, is there people that you vetted that you, they'd already done something first? I mean, I just happen to have found a couple of people that, I, that I've reached out to that have reached out to me, who I've just started paying more attention to, um, that I'm just sort of working with. So I'm sort of working with them in the capacity, it's almost like office hours. Um, okay. it's, it's like, and I'm just sort of focusing in on them, even though I'm not necessarily making money from them. But the point is, is I'm getting my mojo back because I'm seeing 
success. I'm seeing success from them. And the reason why I'm seeing success from them is because in the indie founder level up game, as I call it, they've already got over level one, which is build build an audience. They, they do blogging. They've already got over level two, which is like sell a little something, you know? So they're sort of trying to work out how to get to the next level. And I can really, really help them do that. What's really difficult is to get people from nothing to something. That is really hard yeah. because you, they just don't have the raw material. Well, yet. okay. I think there's two things. I mean, one is the people the people who are sort of at let's call it the level two people it's it's not just that they've learned some stuff or they know more they've they've already shown that they're willing to to do stuff right yeah. the problem yeah. is at the level one it's more like the level zero is that you get these people and they've expressed interest in something but that doesn't mean that they're actually going to do anything and so the problem is, is that most there's a lot of people that fall in that category where they'll talk about stuff. Maybe they even sign up for a course or buy some books, or they'll fiddle around with stuff on a couple weekends. But it doesn't mean they're gonna they have any follow through. And um, so I bet you, if you took if you're working with those same group of level let's call them level two people, right? If you those same group of people probably would have been just as rewarding to work with if if you had found them before they developed had done anything. Just because they were the people who were actually going to do stuff, right? Well, that that's probably that's probably true. But but what I will say is, there is at least two people who have read the boot camp, who are now doing the right thing. And I couldn't convince them before. Like you know, you just kind of say something until you're blue in the face, and they, they just ignore it. <laughs> okay, okay. No, and I, <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, in case in point, I was like telling the kids about how important it was to write clean code, you know, and refactoring. And I, I was on Discord and I said, guys, da da da, you need to, this is really important. I said, you, the, the brain does not scale, you know, uh, you know, you, you recently write clean code and we use object-oriented techniques and encapsulation and modularization and all this kind of stuff. And the reason we write small functions because the brain cannot, cannot manage a, a, a compl uh, that level of complexity w that, that arises when you don't do that kind of stuff, right? And I went off on that on like two different classes. Like Justin teaches the class of every once in a while, I'd butt in. I say, Justin, you mind if I just say something? I'm like, guys, you know, da 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 <laughs> And I think they were all kind of like, okay, dad, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, whatever, boomer, you know, okay, boomer, right? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, I was just like, okay, well, I just learned the hard way. And every one of them, with their game hit a certain level of complexity that every one of them was just like, oof. <laughs> like they just, you know, got to that level of like, I don't know how many, a thousand, 1200 lines of, of, of you know, code. And every one of them had to refactor. And, they had, and that's why the mm -hmm. last, the, the class before the, or the lesson before this uh, took a long time because to make the next incremental step, they all had to refactor. Every single one of them. But they mm. had to suffer. They had to run smack into that wall and and cry uncle before they're willing to listen to what I had to say. Yeah, that and that's what it is. So so I think what it is is that it, it could be a combination of two things. Firstly, these people have been really struggling for a long time and just not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. Just just uh, Charles Fred, who's my boss at True Space, he says he has a good thing that he says. He's like, whatever you're doing right now is exactly the right thing to be doing to get the results that you're getting. <laughs> so he's like, that's that's exactly true. Like, so these guys are doing exactly the right thing to be getting nowhere. 
Right. So they've been do- they've been doing that for a year or a couple of years, and so I think then I'm giving them this, and I'm I'm making a case very very well, and they're going, okay, I guess I do need to learn marketing. Right. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like when are you going to learn marketing? That's what it's all about. You got to learn marketing. It's marketing, 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 marketing. Right. You know. Right. And that which you know means different things. It doesn't have to be a terrible thing. Like so that that's the other thing that I'm really carefully explaining is 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 what marketing means. Marketing actually doesn't mean that you're a sham wow salesman. It just means you're telling someone about something and you're trying to get them to take an action. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know? how, so how many of, the, of these are, are people are in your boot camp right now? Well, so so the 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 way that I'm rolling out the boot camp cuz it's no one's in it cuz it's just a review. I'm still haven't finished it. Um because I've I wanted to just get it really good before I posted it to Product Hunt and it's just going to be completely free. So there's you know, with any luck, there'll be thousands of people mm-hmm. doing the boot camp. But but you um, you said you've been working with a few different uh well so i've been just just individually working with people who've been sort of coming into my orbit just on a well there's been there's a couple of batches going on in nugget right now okay so just working with those batches but also some other people that i've stumbled across and i've i've reached out to them and said wow i really like what you're doing i would love to help you if you'll let me and and so you're sort of like beta testing certain aspects of the boot camp course on them stuff that you would think about and is that and that's what they're no the whole thing's written now so um uh, like I, I just wanted to get their reviews. There were some people where I was beta testing, I guess, and um, other people where I just wanted to get their feedback. But the whole thing is written. I'm just sort of it's a kind of in a review stage, sure, sure. Um, tight, tightening it up, like just like uh, just want to make sure that I'm not saying anything dumb. Well, um, uh, what kind? What's the best feedback <coughs> you've received, or what is some of the good feedback you received? Do you think of anything? I mean, the the feedback from everyone has been, I wish that I had seen this two years ago. You know? That's really good feedback. But I mean, yeah. I don't mean like positive review. I mean, have there been any, any suggestions where you're like, you know what, that's really good. I, I'm going to include that. Or you know. So one of the things that I, one of the, the mental models was the level up game. And I, I've said in the lesson, the thing about the level up game is if you're playing Super Mario, that doesn't translate to, uh, you know, Skyblocks. Like you mm-hmm. kind of have to start at level zero when you start a new game. Sure. Um, but some people have said, well, that's not exactly true. Like, you need to be a bit more clearer about that. And they gave me different examples of entrepreneurs who'd switched games. So there is some aspects. There is obviously some learnings. Mm-hmm. But for example, I've, I've seen three founders who were millionaires, became millionaires in real world. You know, one of them through selling, setting up a, car, a used car sales franchise, mm-hmm. another guy who sold computers online, mm-hmm. and another guy who did a consulting group. And they all decided, oh, I'm going to build a SaaS. You know, I'm going to build a SaaS because SaaS is like really great software company. And all of them lost millions. Mm. So, and that's just because they just didn't, in my opinion, didn't approach it from the ground up of what you need to do to do that kind of business. You know, they just sort of like thought, oh, I'm level 40. I'm a a fantastic entrepreneur. So I'm just going to go ahead and do what I want. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. but anyway, so I'm hoping to release it in the next couple of weeks. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm doing one other thing for it, though, that I think is going to be cool. I'm doing a, I'm integrating Speak with it. So on each of the seven lessons, I'm putting a little picture of a cassette recorder, uh, a cassette tape, mm-hmm. and calling it Justin's, um, Justin's Bootleg Notes, and then with like a little kind of uh, <laughs> recording. So they click, the, they click the cassette, and then Speak opens up, and it's going to 
tell them, give them my thoughts about the lesson. Nice. I think it's going to go well. Uh, one other piece I wanted to ask your opinion about. So everyone can get in for free, and that, but they, they do come in through like a social account, like signing up through Facebook or something okay. like that. I was kind of thinking of maybe giving them access to the momentum logging thing that Nugget does. So where you can, I'm actually changing the name to a momentum blog. So like, there'd be like a little piece of community where, because Laura, who, who helped me design Nugget, she said, the only problem with this bootcamp is there's no action to it. Mm-hmm. It's just reading, it's passive. Yeah. Maybe you should have like a thing that they do as a result. And so I was thinking maybe that thing that they do is like, just tell people about what they're doing on the Nugget platform. Yeah. Does that seem like a yeah. an okay thing? Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in in uh, taking action. I mean, I think when you, you know, in, in our learning, uh, you know, in our lessons, it's like you read something and then immediately follow up with you having to solve problems. Yeah. Reading yeah. stuff without implementing anything is is just ephemeral. Whatever you gain from that is ephemeral. It's going to fly away. You got, you have to lock it in with doing something, but you know, if there's, you know, in your case, it, there may not be anything to do that's that concrete and that's could be like a simple exercise. So what, whatever you can get them to do, I think is worth doing. So that would be like momentum blog. I'm, con- I'm, con- I'm, con- I'm conjoining the concept of like checking in that you did something every day mm-hmm. with like blogging. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that because of watching what Mateo does. He doesn't just sort of say, oh, I did this, oh, I did this. It's almost like he's doing a little micro blog. Okay. And it's very fun to read. Right. So I thought that'd be cool if, if a few people were doing that, you know? Yeah. And Absolutely. If, if there's, Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. I, yeah, I, like, so, I like Momentum as a, as a name. Yeah. Momentum. Mem- momentum. Sounds, it's called Momentum right now. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea for the name for the entire product. Momentum. Oh, interesting. I like yeah, that. Momentum. Get Momentum. Nice. Dot com. So don't call it the Indie Founder Bootcamp. <laughs> well, you know, I yeah, but that, that interesting. Yeah, momentum, momentum is good. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. So what else do I have? Um, well, why don't, why don't I wait, tell you about something else that's related to I, this? I really want to hear. How many have you got? A uh, few things. Okay, do two, and then I'll do one more. Okay. And then you do another two. And then I'll do seven more, and then you can do... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Go, go. Um, so, so we actually have some boot camps going on this summer as well. So I don't nice. know if I told you. So Sandy, I don't think I talked about this on the show, but Sandy, Sandy had been pushing me to organize some um, classes for the summer. Can you push the mic back a bit? Because so, you sunk down in your chair, so like now you're super loud. It's, it's still is that, is that better? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'll start over. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, so, the past couple of uh, summers, we've had Math Academy classes offered through the Passing Education Foundation's summer program. They're like this program runs for like five weeks, like half a day. And you, you typically take more like fun classes, like, you know, I don't know, yoga or rocket science or basketball or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. My daughters would take things like you know, imaginary lands or set design or gardening. You know, like, don't tap the table. Oh, jeez. Sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, um, but the PF summer program was canceled because you, you know, you can't have kids running around together. Um, you know, when we're 
sheltering in place or whatever. So, but she's like, you know, I really think you should offer some kind of a summer thing, but just do it online like we do our classes. And, and I was like, all right, well, why don't we send out a, a survey to figure out if there's really any interest in that? And so we sent an email out to over the families, the Math Academy families, and we got about, we got, we got like maybe 70, I think it was like 77 kids sort of, you know, said, yeah, you know, I want to do it. Or their parents said yes for them. And, wow. th and that's like probably close to half or, or I think, I don't know, we maybe like 170, 160, 170 kids in the program, maybe 150. I don't know. I don't know what the exact number is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so like that's pretty strong, you know. So if we, if we get like if we get like mid sixties, because I thought maybe just because people said, "Oh yeah, I'm interested," doesn't mean they actually sign up. So, um, you know, this would be for kids going into seventh grade up through kids going into tenth or eleventh grade. And so then we said, "All right, well, let's do it." And you know, I I talked to the instructors and some RTAs and who wants to teach and what level they want to teach at and da 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 and got all that organized and then we sent out the um the registration email and within i think within like four hours like half our classes were already sold out <laughs> and within 24 hours like we had to keep raising the limits on the classes we thought oh we'll just keep the classes really small it's like okay that's not realistic and ultimately we had 108 kids sign up that's so cool now just remind me is this did you i didn't catch it did you say is this online or is this purely online huh. three days a week for an hour using wow. google meet um wow and so uh, you know i mean it's basically the idea was is to call them boot camp classes because it's like we want the we want the cover material that is going to get the kids ready for next year right so mm -hmm. if you're going into calculus really make sure you know everything you need to know so that you're going to be successful is it pre-test then? So this, so this is preparing you to test into math No, academy. no, because you tested in fifth grade. So these are kids okay, who are already right, in the right. program. Okay, I mean, yeah. we were really thinking about kids going into the eighth grade calculus course because that's a that's a big jump from pre-calculus. And, and so it's like, and, and even though our classes did a really good job of making forward progress in the spring and, and, and we pretty, the kids, our instructors covered everything needed to cover. There were still like maybe a bottom, depending on the class, ten to twenty percent of kids who didn't necessarily dial weren't as dialed in as they should have been, you know. Mm. And parents weren't totally on top of things. The kids kind of weren't always coming doing the assignments or not taking very seriously because the grades they couldn't the way the grades were um, the grading policy was that you couldn't give a lower grade at the end of the quarter or end of semester mm -hmm. yeah. than they had when the the whole shelter place order came in. So some kids were just like, all right, screw it. <laughs> right. I mean, not most, but enough. And so it's like, I really think we should offer something to make sure everybody is, is ready to, to go in the fall. So what was the total customer base here that you the, the potential market that you could <sighs> me, have sold this to? Let me, I mean, we just offered it to the math Academy families, you know, and what's the total number of, of families? Cause it sounds like you've basically sold 90% of the families. I think it's more like 75% or 70, 75, <coughs> oh, that's something amazing. like that. That's amazing. And we charged, I mean, we, we didn't charge us. We just charged $150. We were just trying to break even, you know, yeah. um, cause we have to pay our instructors and, um, you know, we, and we offered financial aid to anyone who asked for it. So, you know, there was a certain fraction that, you know, just send us an email saying any financial aid, you got it. Um, and then, but we also had a number of families stepped up and do, and donated money. So with the donations, I think we would we end up breaking even. So I think the whole thing cost us like, you know, maybe seventeen thousand, 
dollars or something mm-hmm. to put on for seven That's seven great. classes. So we have three classes for incoming seventh graders, two for incoming eighth graders, one for incoming ninth, and one for incoming tenth. Great. Can you remind me? Is Haren left Math Academy? Yeah. Right? So so Haren. But but is he back now? Because it's all remote. So yeah. So he's teaching one of our summer classes, right? <laughs> That's right. Right. I asked him. I said, sense. "Do you want to do it?" He's like, "Yeah, absolutely." So he's teaching one of the younger ones, the incoming seventh graders, my daughter is in. And it's funny. He 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 wanted his at nine a.m. And because a lot of the parents had, they, we we asked the parents, you know, in the, in, the, in the questionnaire, it's like any any requests, you know, and a lot of parents were like, not early, or make make fun projects, or you know, whatever it was, long, mm-hmm. long weekends, you know. So one of them, of course, you know, it was the request not to have early classes. So most of them are running either ten or eleven a.m. But uh, her end because of his schedule. He he wanted to do it at nine a.m. Also, I think because he's like, if I do it early, fewer kids will show up. Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> Guess who sold out first? <laughs> I was like, well, that was a fail, Haran. <laughs> I was like, nice. unfortunately, people knew who he was. Like, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. He's the star teacher. <laughs> like, so. You're gonna make it at seven a.m. and they're doing it. So he was like, that didn't work at all. <laughs> so you're, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and so. You know, they just do it three. So we do is they do three days a week, and they have like a fourth day we call office hours, which they can spread out to you know, two 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 hours of office hours, which the, the instructors can you know they have scheduled different times. Sometimes on Thursdays, sometimes the other days later in the day, and that if kids need extra help, they can just show up and say, "I don't understand this." And are they all using the platform? Yeah, and then they all use the platform. So what they do is they create an assignment. So we have them create four assignments a week. They use the assignment. I mean, of course, I spend I create a lot of we just. Justin and I designed the whole curriculum. This is what we want the curriculum to be for each course. We want four assignments a week. And one thing that Sandy had really pushed for as well is like projects and and, and have the kids work in groups, like make it social, you know, um, which is that kind of stuff is happening a little, a little very, it depends on the class and the age group kind of how they're, how they're doing that. Some it's, it's not projects, but it's more like challenge problems, like, you know, really tricky problems. Some it's, you know, I don't know, more, you know, an application type of problem or something. But anyway, so okay. So it's 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 great because you know it's actually moving the needle for these kids. So all it's like they're all dialed in. Like the kids are like really doing it. And I think a lot of and the funny thing that was ha- what happened is that we heard from a lot of parents <coughs> that the kids were excited about doing it. So, oh, my daughter's so excited, this and that. And one <laughs> one girl went and signed up with her dad's credit card. She didn't even ask. <laughs> Because Sandy's like, why? That's all. Because Sandy's like, why? It's like a seventh grader, you know, this incoming seventh grader. She's like, wait, this girl's registered twice. What's going on here? And she's like, I know. The mom was like, oh, well, she signed up. I mean, it's one thing to take a credit card to like sign up for a game, (laughs) but like to take a credit card to sign up for Math Academy. That's so funny. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. But I think a lot of the kids were feeling bored, you know, Mm. and. You know, we're like, I'm like, fine. And the one thing I told the instructors, I was like, look, okay, we want to get as much as we can out of these kids. And we want to move the needle, but I don't want to burn them out. I don't want to feel like at the end of the summer, like, oh, I just spent all summer doing math homework. And I'm, you know, you want kids coming into the year being refreshed. So I say, like, you know, the amount of homework will vary class to class, but don't overdo it. I'm thinking like a half hour a night. Although... The older, the older classes is closer to an hour at night. But I, I said, make sure you're taking a temperature of your classes, and make sure that they don't feel like it's too much. Because if they're if they're feeling like it's too much, back it down. I'd rather I'd rather have them do thirty to forty five minutes a night and be 
enthusiastic and refreshed and do like an hour and a half and being totally burned out and resentful. Right. So how, how is the platform coming on? It's great. So I, I that's going to segue into something else. So I, I think okay. that, but, but um, anyway, I just wanted to say in the boot camp, which is just, it's just really, the last thing I was gonna say about the boot camp is that we make it seven weeks long. So it's like we started two weeks into the summer. So we got the kids a little bit of a break. And then there's two weeks at the end of the summer, you know, yeah. so it's just like doing nothing. So that'll, they won't feel quite as, you know, they'll feel more refreshed coming to the school year. But it's, it's just really funny because like all the kids are like engaged are all doing it. You know, it's like, they're doing the problem <laughs> sets they're showing up the class. It's like, Doing math over the summer? Like, really? <laughs> They've had enough of doing nothing, I'm telling you. These kids, these kids are ready. Like, they're ready. Yeah, I was just... It's like we were t- talking about vacations. Like, you're just going to get sick of a vacation. You yeah, know? even the kids. You're ready to do stuff. Because a lot of the spring, yeah. I think... A lot of the kids just didn't do a whole lot of work. Other than their math academy class, some of these other classes, they just really had nothing to do. And so, there's only so much YouTube you can watch and, and so much Overwatch mm-hmm. or Minecraft you can play where the kids start. Even even a 12 or 13-year-old kid is like, you know, <laughs> I feel like I should be doing something productive. So, anyway, that, that just turned out to be, a, um, it's been a big success. And uh, so, it's really exciting to to see. But it's, it's funny. It's like, you could actually create a business out of this. I mean, we only charge $150 per student, which is really inexpensive. But that's, we. this is, you know... This should be. We should charge the least amount that we can, you know, to our to our families, right? This is not a for profit kind of a situation. Well, talking about making a profit out of it, I'm super interested to know how the um, platform is going along the vein of releasing that as a product. Yeah. So I wonder. I sent you an email. Check your check your inbox. Oh, you did. Check your inbox. Oh, okay. That was what I was backgrounding you with half hour ago okay check that out let me look got it there uh yeah there's a really giant set of mind maps they're not mind maps is that what you is that what you want me to be looking yeah, they're at not mind maps what are they so those are you can click on a large one so those are knowledge maps or topic maps map maps of our of a couple of our courses, of our algebra one course, and in some cases, it's algebra one and, and geometry. I I love the the higgledy piggledy nature of them and just the giantness of them. Yes. Oh my gosh! It looks pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah, very cool. So tell me more. So you know how I've been talking about for years about how we have this prerequisite structure that links all the topics up to the previous topics, yeah. and that's what this is. This is actually showing the structure. And you can see one, you see the one, I, I think it has like yellow, it's like three different colors and has a yellow, like you click on one topic and it shows all the prerequisites for it going down. Do you see that one? I do see it. Yeah. Yeah. So Justin just did that last night. You know, it's a funny thing is I've been talking about doing this kind of stuff for years and I don't know what it was. It's like a week ago and I'm walking to the kitchen and I said something about it and Justin goes, oh, by the way, I created a... A, you know, a, a, a graph of the, of the, or a, a visualization of the, of the topic graph. And I'm like, what? It, he's like, yeah, I just, you know, and then he showed it to me, I'm like, what the hell? Hi, babe. Yeah. Sorry, Jack's here. Do you want to say hi to Jason? Hey, Jack. Hello. Um, I'm a knight. He's a knight. Um, so I want to. I, I want to. Oh, so, 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 
Yeah. So let me just start over with that. So I yeah. walked into the kitchen and I, I mentioned something about, you know, the topic graph or prerequisites. And he goes, oh, by the way, I created a, you know, a, a visualization of the of the topic graph. I'm like, he did what? And he showed it to him. I'm like, what the? <laughs> he just, oh, by the way, me with that. He's like, yeah, I was just sitting around last night and <laughs> got to pull some data out of the database and ran it through this. It's like a D3 graph visualization library wow. and i was like holy shit that looks awesome okay li- listen and listen just coming off the back of the boot camp that i've written mm-hmm. you need to start blogging this stuff you need to put this stuff online and just start talking about your journey and getting it out there because you could be building such a big mailing list and this this is what this is what you seriously need to be doing yeah and this this little map thing here I mean, just even just blog about this, put this on a blog, like just like what we're talking about for the kids. If you did that, you could be hitting the front page of Hacker News a lot. You could really be building a very, very big customer base ready to no, go. No, you're right. I, I was actually had a long conversation with Justin about that this morning. I said, I said we're going to have so much data. We're going to have so many interesting things to talk about and so much cool visualizations. It could be like what OKCupid used to do. Remember how? Remember their articles? Yeah, but you got to do it now. You you're ready to go, man. Yeah, you're like you have it. Well, the well, so what, what's your commitment? When are you going to get your first post out, boy? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but that's a good point. So I just want to tell you this. So we're going to have by the end of the summer, um, we'll have all the courses done from not only fifth and sixth grade, but algebra one through multivariate calculus, differential equations, and abstract algebra. So they'll be done, done. So the topic crafts will be done. The lessons for every topic will be done, like ready to go. The only thing that won't be 100% done, but it'll be close, will be the seventh and eighth grade courses. So then we can have this massive topic graph. So you just seeing, you're just seeing like one to two courses there. Imagine having this go all the way up through calculus and multivariate calculus and stuff like that. It'd be, it'd be like, it'd be insane. I think that you should on on your Codus Operandi blog, you should do a blog. You should just do a first blog post, Math Academy, just mm-hmm. like explaining where it's come from, the background, and and people will get super excited about. It. You don't even need to mention any of this super cool stuff. Just all the basic stuff about Math Academy. Submit that yeah. to Hacker News. Then people will get excited. Then start submitting more follow up ones like this. Like this is incredible stuff. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of. Uh, well, thank you. Well, I have a couple of. I have some. Um, I start, I think barn burner po- blog posts in my head um, that I think are really going to go the distance. I think a really good shot. I mean, you never know for sure, but I think could really go go the distance. Um, mm-hmm. But I, what I want to do is I want to have, you know, like this whole blog. I think I could write a really interesting blog post about this computer science thing we're doing with the kids and how we're using interleaving. And of stuff. course, you could. I mean, God, you could. So you could totally do it. Like you just, you are sit. You are. You have. You have the music in you. <laughs> You have the music in you. You are ready to go ballistic on this. And you know what's going to be great about that? Maybe that's how we get our 10,000 listeners for this show. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. Been holding out for like 10 years, 11 years. That's right. So the, I, I think uh, the first blog post is going to be is going to be Teach Like Your Life Depends On It, which is, yes. which is okay. where it all came Do from. It. It's just like how yes. – it's like the golden rule, which is like – you know how like when people start to figure out you know the ethics of a situation and everybody looks at the golden rule. It's like, well, you know, treat you others how you'd want to treat yourself, and like everything else kind of flows from that to some degree, right? And I was like, when I started, first started doing the pre math, it was even math academy when the kids were in fifth grade, and I did this little my a little you know with this little game with myself, and I said, okay, 
and I, I know I've talked about this before, but I'll just repeat it here real quickly, is that um, I used to say, okay, if I was if I was like a tutor for like, the king's kids, and this king was like this, I was like a, a, a tyrant, right? And he's very educated, and he really cared about his kids' education. So when you when when the kids would come out of a of a of a lesson, and he happened to be around, he would he would ask them, "What'd you learn today?" And then he'd start quizzing them. And if he was unhappy, he would execute the tutor. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's kind of like how Aris, nice. like was it uh, Aristotle was uh, you know, Alexander the Great's. Um, I haven't tutor. heard you talk about it, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you are going to teach a class, like your life depends. You're like, I, you are going to know this when you leave because I want to live, right? How would you teach? <laughs> would you just stand up there and lecture? Yeah. Hell no! <laughs> no like right. the, the, you know. No. If, if, the, if the king is going to ask you, it's like, all right, they're going to give you a math problem or give you some math problems or actually some probing questions based on what, you know, I said we learned. I'm going to make sure that you can do those problems effectively, quickly, competently. I want to make sure I can live to the next day. And mm-hmm. so if you're going to do that, you teach in a certain way. And that's where a, whole, a, a lot of the math academy ideas came from is like teach with extreme accountability. Teach like your mm-hmm. life depends on it. And if you do that, you think about teaching in a different way, because I think uh, the vast majority of teachers, I think, do not teach in a way where they where accountability is really high in their mind. They go through a process to say, well, you know, these are curriculum, we do these learning tasks, or we, you know, we, we go through certain curriculum, whatever. You know, some kids will learn it better than others, do the best I can, right? And for, for teachers who, who, who it's a career and they teach for 20, 30 years, it's like, they just, you know, eventually they dial back a little bit, and like put in cruise control. Now, there's some who are extremely passionate and they're always trying to go the extra mile, but a lot of teachers burn out on that eventually. But um, my my perspective on this always is, again, if we're going to do it, do it right. Like, be efficient. Do it as effectively as possible. Help, extreme accountability. Like, I want every kid that comes through this stuff to know this stuff cold. I want if somebody comes in and quizzes them on it, they're going to be impressed, right? And um, and, uh, and that's and that's that's where I think you know a lot of the pedagogy and everything. That's what it came out of, you know. And so you start there. Um, you know, you can uh, you'll wind up coming up with. Um, with something that really works. Now, if you, if accountability isn't held high, then you could come up with all kind of bullshit things that you do because it doesn't matter. Oh, you know, we do this and we sing songs about it and we do paper mache mm-hmm. and we have group discussions <laughs> and we talk about our feelings and all their kind of horse shit that doesn't work. It's like, do you really want these kids to learn it? Space repetition, interleaving, mixed review, you know what I mean? Mastery based learning, you know, deliberate practice. It's like, you know, are you trying to win or not? If you don't care, then do whatever you want. Just do it. You'll go through, you know, whatever. But um, if you really care, if it matters, if we're trying to win the state championship, you know, you do things a certain way, right? And and that's yeah. and that's how Math Academy. That's how I've tried to approach Math Academy. That's the kind of what I try and instill in my instructors, and that's where our pedagogy comes from. So I think that's going to be my first blog post that's where because that's where it all began oh, that'd be great i'd love to see that i really hope you do write that um i want to let you know that i probably need to leave in about 10 yeah, minutes yeah sure the, the um, only question yeah. i have to add the other thing problem is i cannot think of a name for the software platform i can't 
think of it. It's been years, and I can't come up with anything. It's it's like I already gave you the name. What was the name? Um, <laughs> I forgot it. I no, gave it to it, you, and I it lost was, it. No, it was good. It was good. It was good. It really was. Um, let me just look back. It's it's real close here. Fathom. Fathom? Fathom, yeah. Fathom is the name that I think you should call it because Fathom is it's 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 under it the description is literally understand a difficult problem after much thought. Fathom. Fathom. Mm. I think about it. What I was thinking about before the Sandy Bar was Synapse, but the problem is there's just too many companies out there named something like. Well, Synapse. also with Fathom, it's not it's not internet owned. So so basically, it's just when you when you type in Fathom, type in Fathom right now, you just get like um nothing wrong. You know, dictionary, yeah, dictionary stuff. Fathom. Fathom. Mm, Fathom. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I gotta come up with a name because you know I'm working with a designer. We're going through and redesigning all the UI stuff, and you know, and she's like. Initially, she suggested, you know, quite reasonable. It's like, well, we got to do a branding exercise. We got to kind of like, what is your name? Who are you? And I was like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know who we are. I just can't come up with a name, but we need to make some forward progress on these screens and, and everything, this UI. We'll come back to it. But as she warned, which is like, you know, we start running into problems because we don't really have all that figured out. Yeah, you don't understand what it is. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, it's like you can understand what like I know what it is. I just it's but it's not encapsulated into, you know, a logo and a name Fath and a whatever. Fathom is also cool because the other meaning of it is a deep. It's just deep. Like Fathom is just a very. Any are there any domain? Any decent domains? Um, well, we can check. You don't have to. Yeah. Check. Well, we'll do yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. once we're off the show. Yeah. But um, yeah. So there's if you the, you know if you. The more I thought about it, I thought, yeah, Fathom, that's really, that's good. That's interesting. I'll think about that one. We definitely yeah, need, we okay. got to come up with something soon. Because like, yeah, I said, it's, if you don't have a name and a brand and you start blogging about this, it just feels like, what am I? That's, you know, yeah, you need, you need to have something. Um, I'll just give, I'll just give you one quick update. Yeah. Um, so I was playing Skyblocks with Jack and um, in Skyblocks, this is a Roblox game where you essentially do do farming of different kinds and um you you earn money so there's there's sort of different you know mm -hmm. like the different kind of ways of getting like it, it does have some you know play uh players attacking monsters type right. of thing but anyway the main thing is you can build a big island and you can build build a big farm and um i've just got quite deep into that because remember i was talking last time around how i was getting kind of addicted to the games yeah. well First of all, I started farming carrots in the regular way. You basically till the soil and you put the carrots in. Right. And then then I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's any way I can get a bit deeper into this and make more money and make it a bit faster. So um, then I discovered that you could get totems and you put a totem next to a conveyor belt and then carrots fall off the conveyor mm. belt. But, but, but then they despawn after like 30 seconds. So you kind of have to just be playing the whole game all day long Otherwise, you know, their carrots are just disappearing. So then you have to, like, buy these chests to capture the, right, the carrots. Right. But the chests can only catch a 40 at, 40 at a time. So anyway, long story short, 
I've gotten deeper and deeper into this. I've bought my own personal server on Roblox. I have got an auto clicker going, and I'm every night I leave the computer running collecting carrots. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and I have now got like I'm working my way towards twenty five million. So you're gonna for for, for, for henceforth you shall be na- known as the carrot king. <laughs> <laughs> and and you and you know like the funny thing is i don't know i don't know if it's funny but i i had just worked out this structure where i built like four uh like four floors like a building of four floors with conveyor belts like across go on each floor carrots like conveyor belts coming into the middle and then they fall down four floors into the bottom, and then I just stand there, and I can capture sixty thousand carrots a night with my auto. Well, there's, there's, no, there's nothing like utilizing your skills to the greatest <laughs> good possible. So, so what did they do? What did they do? They introduced a new feature to the game where you could no longer sell these carrots for twenty-five coins. All of a sudden, the carrots were were dirty carrots, and now you have to wash them before you sell them. So the carrots lo- went down from 25 coins value to 10 coins value uh, just after I'd worked out how to farm 60,000. Like. Anyway, long story short, I've, uh, I'm working my way towards 25 million coins and then I'll be done. The, and then, the, I, and then, then the addiction will be over. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> then, then you're going to be on to cabbage or something else. It's like, it never ends. Um, carrots are but, just but, a gateway uh, vegetable, <laughs> Justin. But, but the thing is... Um, I, you know, I do believe that when you get obsessed about these things, there usually is a reason. And in this case, the reason is it's really got me thinking about automated wealth versus value-driven mm-hmm. wealth. And I think that's a very interesting concept. It's really made me think about um, how to automate Nugget, how to how to automate the work that Georgie's doing, the courses that she sells. Right. And so we've just put out... Um, a very very automated course of georgie's where she doesn't have to do anything like everything is taken care of it it gives out the certificates in an automated way it tracks the users it gives out the continued education um so yeah i'm just thinking about that constant thinking automate, about automation. yeah definitely because of carrots <laughs> <laughs> well well i guess there's a there's an inspiration for everything right there's a good god <laughs> Hey, just a question. Do you guys have anything uh, special planned for Father's Day? Um, well, to do a podcast with you, of course. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. I'll say one thing. Uh, so, we actually celebrated Father's Day last weekend because Sandy got it wrong on the calendar. She just she, oh, she, she didn't did. look at, she just assumed it was Father's Day. What? What's wrong? Oh, I'm sorry. She, you keep tapping sorry, the table. Sorry, sir. You are like untrainable. Oh, <laughs> you are the untrainable person. Anyway, go on. Yeah. So she just, she just somehow, she just assumed last Sunday was Father's Day. And it wasn't until halfway through the day and they had already baked, a, you know, made some special ice cream and made a special breakfast and all this kind of stuff. And so we, we just, I said, all right, well, this is fake Father's Day. I love it. This is a keeper, so I want like, let's just do fake Father's Day, and then we can have real Father's nice. Day, you know, and that'll just be kind of like a low key version. But the fake Father's Day, like that was that was full on, full on. Okay. So we should, you should, you should talk to George. Right, talk dude. to Georgie about that fake Father's yeah, Day. Yeah. No, we've 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 had fun. I mean, I I I was woken up, of course, by a kid jumping on me saying Happy Father's yeah, but Day. Yeah, not the week before. Uh, you got to get the fake. <laughs> no, not the. Got to get the before, fake yeah, version. Well, talking about Father's Day, I am being called by my kid and yeah, my wife. Yeah, we better get to it then. And they would, they would love to celebrate our, our Father's Day meal at the end of All the right. day. 
So, um... We'll get to it. All right. That's a wrap. We're out.